What's good with you? It's Johan Francis CSCS right here. Welcome to Ego Killer. It's on this show. We cover inside gym flow for outside in life. EgoKillerShow.com. And again, our goal here is to take away with something you'll use inside the gym or however you train today. It's an actionable piece of advice, and that's what every episode is. It's a piece that you can take with you. Hopefully, this one finds you doing exceptional. I want you guys doing better than you did last week, if not for a fraction better than you did. Because staying the same, that's not good enough. Not doing anything, taking too long in between sessions, that's not good enough. What you have to be doing is marching forward into a little bit better version of yourself every day. And with with each show and each piece of advice, the goal is to get to the core of what it is you're meant to do, which is why we call it ego killer, right? Inside the gym is typically where I get to meet most of you. And of course, you know, inside the gym means where you're doing your lifting, you're working with your sled, you're learning to do your, maybe you're doing something like yoga or mat Pilates. That's also inside of a gym or a dojo. Maybe you're working on your no gi technique inside the dojo and the mats, whatever it is nearby, nearby, especially nowadays, there's going to be some fashion of weights. And for the vast majority of people that are inside of the gym of the facility, you guys have touched weights before you've literally used them or been taught how to use them at some point in life. When I was a strength coach at the kickboxing gym, I was the head strength coach there. I was always impressed. Of course, I live in Northern California, but I was always impressed with the diversity that came with living in Northern California that I'd see inside the gym, right? I saw everybody from power lifters and ex-fighters working out in the same room as women with full traditional headdresses. I've seen guys wear indoor, you know, like open-toed kind of sandals when they start lifting or closed-toed sandals too when they started lifting inside the gym. Every different ethnicity, so many different cultures. Most of us these days have been inside the gym communing with each other in communion with that weight rack, with that squat rack, with that dumbbells. We know what it is at this point. I'd be surprised if a lot of us nowadays, the younger generation, gets through you know, high school without having to actually spend a lot of time in the weight room. So what we're going to talk about today is the nature of strength and what actually we need to be looking for as the penultimate goal with strength. Because look, all right, a lot of you guys get turned off by the idea of having to lift weights, right? There's something about that barbell. There's something about the old tropes of being inside the gym that a lot of us grew up in in the 80s and 90s and way before that even. There's a lot of archetypes that we don't necessarily fit in with. Planet Fitness, the company has built a multi-tiered, empire of fitness that stretches across the country, right? Based on the fact that they are anti-gym trope in a lot of ways, right? All of those undesirable things make it hard for a lot of people to jump up in this thing and start doing their lifting. Still others, 
even if they're a little bit turned off by it, are naturally gifted, natural-born lifters themselves. And equally, whether you're really turned off by it, you know somebody that you love, that you care about, that's a friend, right, family member, whatever it is, that is really turned off by the idea of lifting, doing even selectorized machines, doing just dumbbells, any type of lifting, Going from that side into the other side that I just mentioned, which is you're naturally, you have natural aptitude for being strong. There are certain benchmarks that you ought to be hifting, hitting when you're doing your lifts. They're not talked about. They're not written in, in figurative stone as much as they need to be. If this was some atavistic form of a gym, these would be tablet written commandments of the gym i'm talking about that strength to weight ratio how many of you guys have heard of strength to weight ratios in fact do you know what yours might be i've heard on other podcasts in passing right that they can actually be occupational i wouldn't necessarily go that far unless i was running some type of um fitness you know related you know like if i had like some kind of boot camp or something like this and i was training an occupate the firefighters that need to lift x y and z and need to throw down inside the gym then maybe it would be occupational but guess what for the gross majority of us it doesn't have to be occupational strength to weight ratio has nothing to do with your sex has nothing to do with any your age although it does have a sloping scale but has everything just to do with your weight and how that relates to your strength. Yeah, there might be an outside coefficient of, of age. But I've also heard of a lot of um, very, uh, let's say, outliers when it comes to that, that, that age factor. I'll give you an example. I met a lady one time. This is going to be kind of a really multi-layered example. And these are the type of examples that I love to, to bring in because they're holistic. And they kind of drive home the thesis, the point a lot better. So let me just say this, all right? I met a lady who was training with a with what is described as the first fitness studio in the city that I live in ever, right? This dude had been training people, I think, out here since, um, you know, back in the day, let's say the 80s. I know for a fact, definitely the early 90s. And back then, he was like the only guy. He actually trained a UFC champion at the same time. And when everyone saw that he was training this UFC champion, this UFC champion, despite being like largely loved, was getting so much snapback on the methodology of training that this old school trainer had provided. This guy was having him swing 200 pound kettlebells, but do half reps. And everybody saw this, right? And they're talking about up to the level of Joe Rogan. And all these people saw this and they commented on this very famous UFC champions technique and was clowning it. And uh, those of us who know, know <laughs> who the co-signer of this technique was. It was this, the first fitness boutique owner in San Jose. Anyway, that man, that first boutique owner in San Jose, right? That flagship gym owner, that dude apparently did not <laughs> it didn't matter to him how old you were he was going to have you lifting heavy 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 weight he was going to have you lift whatever you could even if it was like three quarters of a range of motion and i had this corroborated by other people that i met and that man actually um proselytized this until one day i had a lady come into the gym 70 
six years old, okay? And she was easily deadlifting 230 pounds because this man, <laughs> this man made sure that she was lifting very heavy. And I say all that to say that while there might be a sliding scale for your age, like how much you can lift based on your, your weight, right? Um, there appears not to be <laughs> in a lot of cases. It has everything to do with your health and your adaptation globally. Look, don't go telling auntie that she needs to start deadlifting 300 pounds tomorrow when she's a septuagenarian. Let's pull back. But this is also another case for the following. The longer you lift inside of your life, the easier it is to have tolerance for lifting when you're much older. And point blank period, just the longer that we're going to live and stay around and not fall victim to osteomalacia and things like that. Probably some of the oldest folks I've ever trained were bordering on 70. <clears throat> Many folks I've trained are in their 60s. And I can definitely say that there is not so much an age factor. But strength to weight ratio definitely matters. And I'm gonna break down some of the means that strength to weight ratio matters a lot. If you ask Ronnie Coleman, I mean, no one's gonna ask him necessarily, but if you listen to the man talk, he will say that he believes that strength is natural, that it's a natural aptitude in the same way that being really pretty or having a really you know good palate for food is kind of a natural aptitude. The ability to be funny or maybe have, being kind of a uh, lugubrious type person is also a natural characteristic also. You know what I mean? He thinks strength is like that. The ability to generate power is. That's Ronnie Coleman who is a many-time Mr. Olympia, I think. Eight-time Mr. Olympia. So he was at one point lifting for a living for years straight. Of course, nowadays, this is a quite a different story for that man. But I do think this is true. I can attest from training hundreds of you guys over the years that strength is definitely, like some of you guys are gonna walk into the gym day one and you're gonna understand exactly how to move that thing around, move that barbell around, get them weights up in the air. You're gonna understand joint angles. You're gonna understand how much there is a relationship between agonist and antagonist, eccentric and concentric movement. You're just going to get it, right? Maybe you haven't lifted weights in your life very much at all, but some people come, they're dialed in. Maybe it was um, a combination of learning and imprinting at a very young age. You just paid attention in PE class when you were a kid, and as you got older, you remembered some of those tenets of how to move your body around. Your body mechanics are on 10, right? Other people, however... <laughs> It doesn't matter how long we'll spend in the gym. You, you will look like, you will look like the, the awkward, ugly duckling <laughs> in the gym while you're lifting weights. And look, that's fine. We talked about it before. Sometimes you got to look foolish in order to get to get changes. You got to look foolish real quick. And that's okay, right? Because you're answering to yourself. However, sometimes people, man, we could hammer out technique. We can atomize it as much as we want to. You guys will never, never have the crispest form when it comes to doing your back squat. You'll always bench press and the bench and the bar will tilt 
at some weird axis. Lifting isn't natural for you. But guess what? Both of you, both types of natural lifters and awkward ass, <laughs> no body mechanic having all heart type lifting that's done inside the gym, inside the place that you lease for your health and weightlifting. Both of you guys have the same goal, and that's that strength to rate, strength to weight ratio. All right. And again, I'll go over some cornerstones of that. Others, while some people take to it like a dolphin does to ocean water, some people it's going to take a lifetime just to get one part of the perfect form down. And if you don't practice it, you forget it like in a week. It's amazing, right? Uh, me personally, I've met people who are not very good at lifting at all. And um, it is it takes a lot of repetition. It takes a lot of adherence and doing the same type of exercises week after week after week in order just to get us or those awkward lifters to improve their form and maintain the improvement, not even get to perfect form, right? A lot of the times it has to do with how early you did or didn't start lifting, all right? So it doesn't matter, all right? What we have to do is we have to pay attention to the strength to rate ratio. So here are some cornerstones of a good strength to weight ratio because I want everybody to become naturally gifted lifters, all right? Or at least rock inside the gym like one. So your strength to weight ratios are going to mandate pretty much that you have more to lift from your lower body than your upper body, all right? So that's number one. Your lower legs are a lot more attuned to strength naturally than are your upper body, than your upper body is, okay? Your lower legs going to be, you're going to lift more from your lower body. This has everything to do with the idea, and I'm just going to lay this idea out. And this is the starting point from which I'll talk about this one. This has everything to do with the mechanical disadvantage, right? It has everything to do with the fact that your legs are constantly in contact with terra firma and that the ability to move weight from the floor or if it's up higher with your legs has everything to do with the fact that your legs, your feet, are flat on the floor all the time. Your arms aren't. And so there comes, um, you're able to overcome the disadvantage of moving a heavier object from a disadvantageous position into a more advantageous position. That's what your muscles are for. Your muscles are for providing more tension than your skeleton by itself could allow to move something. It's moving a shit ton of groceries from the car to the house, right? Some of us like to do as many as we can in one hand, right? And then we have to make all these gymnastic twists and turns to get up out the car, up the stairs, whatever it is. If you're if you go to the laundromat, right? It's loading clothes from once and you're twisting, right? It's doing all kinds of yard work, picking stuff up and putting it higher on a shelf, something that's really heavy. Those are all disadvantageous positions for our body. Our muscles are there to overcome it. We're able to do more if we use our legs. It has everything to do with what musculature is in the legs, what joint angles our legs like to 
engage in and provide tension for. It's all that stuff. All right. So that's why we're able to lift ostensibly more from the lower body than we are the upper body. Point blank, period. In fact, my strength to weight ratio is something that I've used in my gym standards for the naturally gifted or those of us that want to be naturally gifted lifters have the deadlift at around 1.8 to 2 times your body weight. Now listen, my strength standards are your final goals. Okay? You never deadlifted in your life. These are not what you're going to do day one. You're not going to start deadlifting 300 pounds day one. Right? If you're 150 pounds. No, 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 no. Right? But you are going to look for when you're at your most athletically and muscular, mainly strength, strength in prime, when you're in the best shape you can be muscular-wise, it starts when you're able to say for your legs deadlift twice your body weight before that you're you're working hard to get to that place all right and for me i have four specific standards you guys could go onto the website and see that they're on the front page actually um i have four types of standards that i want everybody to hit i want everybody to hit those standards and those total body standards are what tells me that you are in great muscular shape. You're probably in this body fat percentage where you're um, in the normalish range, right? Where you're below 20 for guys, where you're like 22 for women. And you're able to have a great athletic life every day. You're able to go do the hiking thing. You're probably not very prone to injury. Your body moves very well. You're not. You don't have tense, tight musculature and poor movement pattern. You're globally strong at everything when you're inside the gym and you hit all of these standards, right? The major standards that I call them. And again, that's on the website, right? Number two, all right? So let's move on. Number one is just know that your legs are going to be stronger. Number two is their strength-to-weight ratio. That is a standard metric, standardized metric for everything, for every type of muscle group and exercise pretty much. You can probably look in some text and find that there is a standard for a bicep curl or a push-up. Well, definitely a push-up, right? Because, I mean, if you're in the Army, um, they write these things down uh, over years. But there's definitely a standard and a metric for all this stuff. And so if you're looking at any type of tricep pull-down or whatever, there's probably a standard for it. For me, again, on that website, I want you guys bench pressing about your body weight once. 1.1 times your body weight. So that's what? 165 pounds if you're 150, 220 if you're 200, and so on. Right? These are where I need you guys to be when you're at your most prime. For example, all right? Notice that it doesn't really matter what you are in terms of your sex. It takes that out of the equation. It takes it out of the equation, and I've met many people that are hitting all of these standards for a lot of the stuff. Number three, know this, that you're not going to be hitting all of them at once. So sometimes I've met a lot of people. I remember training one woman for a long time who was really good at the upper body standards and just okay at the lower body standards. That might be you. You might be great at hitting all your upper body stuff or your low body and the other ones 
take a little bit more time to get used to, right? And number four, lastly, this takes a lot of the guesswork out of your lifting. Because what you want to do when you get, like, if you know that you're supposed to be able to do one and a half times your body weight in a back squat one time when you're at your physical prime, well, now we know. Now we know what a one rep is. Now we can actually, like, scale, for example, what we need to hit at for 30 reps if 30 reps is the equivalent of 40% of that number. It helps us scale. It helps us scale. And when it's when we when it helps us scale, it sets so that standard sets the high water mark for how much I'm supposed to lift for say my back. I know exactly how much I'm supposed to bent row one time. Well, I can do a little bit of, you know, a little what do they call that? Napkin back of the napkin math. And then I can figure out how many I would like to do for 15 because maybe I'm a lot better at doing medium rep range stuff right now. And that 15 is what I'm going to go for because it ain't going to break me down, right? Right? It's not going to break my soul if I don't get to if – if, if I can't do one or three, that might mess me up for the day. But I can do 15 really good, and that's what I'm going to aim for. Well, there is definitely more – variation on a 15 rep maximum standard right versus a one rep where i want everybody to hit me personally these standards and these standards are the stuff that i've noticed over the years for many people not only um just for me but i've adapted them from straight up strength standards inside textbooks um, 15 is a lot more variance, right? But it means that maybe now for a few weeks, I'm aiming for 15 because I know 15 is 70% of that one rep mark, for example, right? And then that gives us a chance to directly go right into the gym and get the work. I'm going to go right over to bent row. Okay, I'm good at 15. Now, how do I get a little bit of work from that? Well, I need to be working my pike push-ups in between sets because I still have a little bit of energy. I just did my bent row for 15 and I want to get stronger. I want to keep getting stronger, right? I still want to build all those muscle groups. I didn't get a lot of action when I was doing my bent row. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do my pike push-ups. And so I'm in the, in the gym doing my pike push-ups in between. Guess what you just did? You just had yourself a self-manicured fitness routine right there. If you don't do nothing else, you just crafted, if you don't do nothing else and you just did those two things for like six sets, even though the science isn't perfect on your gains, you just crafted your own custom fitness routine right there. And let's just say you did that for both your back and then you did something else for, let's just say, your core on that same day. You could probably stretch that out for 45 minutes and you just crafted your own fitness routine. And this is why it takes a lot of the guesswork out of lifting. It is just something that we all have to march to and how we learn how to do it. And that's how we become naturally gifted lifters. And the naturally gifted lifters, it gives you guys a sense of um, direction more. It gives you a sense of how you're supposed to lift when you do this thing. 
most importantly, it takes all the guesswork out of it. And it takes the defeatism out of it, right? I know that I can't be out here lifting three reps for, you know, 225 pounds from the chest. Well, maybe I'm going to stick with a higher rep count. And that's actually a really smart move because eventually someday what happens is you get closer to doing that one rep max, that three rep, four rep max to test. And because you did all your high reps, it'll actually boost your one rep max. That's the other thing. Doing all of your medium term reps and long range reps actually helps your one rep max. All right. And that's the sexy part, isn't it? Doing your four rep max and just getting that amazing pump. So look, whether you are a naturally gifted lifter or have been mistaken for one, or maybe you're someone who wants to be naturally gifted at lifting, you now have no excuse. Get right into the move, get the work, atomize that, be both brawny and brainy about yours, and get it done. You have no excuse not to be inside the thing doing the lift, and that goes for all of us, whether we're out here doing our distance running or if we're doing something more bursty, playing games of pickup volleyball. Is there pickup volleyball or just regular volleyball probably? Um, or any type of activity, ob- obstacle course race, any of the fun stuff we like to get out there, pound that pavement, pound that sand and do. All right. Now you have no excuses. Get that work, please. All right. Cool. I'll leave you with that one right there. Thanks for joining me. Go to Ego Killer Show. Let me know how it goes. Fill out that form. If you go ahead and big up me on your socials and look for me on IG because what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to take snippets of this and then it'll be really easy to repost or repurpose. If you do that, I'll give you a free gift. I'll kick you down the nutrition book, the nutrition ebook. And also, if you rate and review, that'd be dope too. All right, cool. Till the next one, stay all the way up.